Hello and welcome to the Daily Zen podcast. My name is Charlie Ambler, the creator of Daily Zen. Daily Zen lives at thedailyzen.org and on Twitter at twitter.com slash dailyzen. This is this week's free episode of the podcast. There is a premium extra episode and an extra essay that I release each week at patreon.com slash dailyzen to subscribers. Uh, that service helps me spend the time that I do doing the free part of it. So if you do enjoy it, I encourage you to become a subscriber. Uh, moving on to the actual meat of this episode, I, as usual, posted on Twitter asking people to suggest topics. And I decided, based on the response, that the topic for this week is going to be change. Uh, not really the sort of, not the societal type of change, but just sort of how to deal with day-to-day changes and major events in your life and all that. Um, This year I had to make a very unexpected move to a very unexpected place, and there was very little certainty about how it was going to play out, and I decided to use the entire situation as an opportunity to practice what I preach and put one foot in front of the other and apply the theoretical knowledge that I had been given by all these various readings and teachers of various traditions, you know, whether it's Zen or, you know, Russian literature, whatever. Um, All the stuff that I'd learned that I had never had to put into practice, I sort of had to finally apply it. And I will discuss how I think we should approach change based on that experience without being too anecdotal. I think that the fundamental thing that we experience when we have to go through some sort of change, whether it's expected or unexpected, is fear. And the reason that change is daunting to us usually is exclusively because of fear. Um, the, The whole reason that change is even something that feels like it should be discussed or something that causes us suffering, causes us difficulty, is it relies on things that we're not attached to, effectively. You develop routines, you develop habits, and you develop a way of life that becomes very repetitive. And because we are creatures that are inherently drawn to comfort, peace, uh, expectedness, reliability, and consistency, we develop very strict habits that we have to adhere to uh, just because we're so comfortable with them. And there's a certain reliability that comes from knowing what's going to happen and having it planned ahead of time and being attached to the anticipation of it and then knowing that you have control over allowing yourself to experience it or making it happen. We do this every day, every week, every month with the various routines and plans we have. And we get very locked into schedules and habitual behaviors because they provide us with a controlled way of experiencing life that allows us to have as much leverage over various tweaks and modifications as we want. Um, or at least we start out thinking that, you know, we formulate a routine thinking that we can be the agent of change as we move forward. 
the irony is that we're so attached to comfort and expectability that we don't make changes that are helpful to us. We get stuck in habits that we're used to, but that cause us trouble precisely because we can't acknowledge that something other than what we know is what's valuable. And this is what leads me to the fundamental reason why I think a lot of people have difficulty with change is that we don't confront the parts of our mind that cause this this obsession with control and with having sort of a purview over our whole lives and being able to plan everything ahead and having every little tidbit locked down. It's all just about control. And also this fear of what would, what's going to happen if, if I don't have control? What's going to happen if I can't plan what's happening? What's going to happen if the events in the future unfold in a way that I don't expect and I'm not prepared? All of these things. Um, people, it's a very common trope for people to have dreams in which they are showing up for something that they're unprepared for and there's nothing they can do. Um, there's a great scene in the show, The Sopranos, where the main character shows up to his gym class in high school and he's not prepared and it's relating to the whole plot and everything. And I know myself, multiple friends, multiple family members, and countless people that I've read about just their experiences online with keeping dream journals. Whenever they're going through a time of change or uncertainty, they have a dream in which they're showing up to a, a class or uh, a meeting or some sort of event and they're completely unprepared and you know they embarrass themselves or they humiliate themselves and they, they let someone else down or something like that. Um, there's just, for some reason, maybe it's a fear of death or a desire to create a sort of mini eternity within life. We create these routines that could be repeated ad infinitum if we wanted to. And yeah, anyway. So getting back to what I was saying, this fear comes from this attachment to the idea that you have to be able to respond adequately to events, that you have to be in control of them, that if you experience something and you don't prepare for it beforehand, that you're going to be unprepared. And one of the things that we learn in meditation is sort of this gray area of it's in between good and bad, it's in between happy and sad, it's in between peaceful and chaos. It's sort of this fundamental balance that we have within us that we tap into on occasion when we can transcend our conceptual mind and our rational thoughts or irrational emotions. Once all of that fades away, this deep fundamental intuition emerges and we can recognize that even if we don't plan for events beforehand, if we train our own awareness of our natural response to things and our natural intuition and we understand just how complex we are and how capable we are of dealing with events that we're not prepared for, we fear them a lot less. It becomes a lot easier to deal with them. And so learning to see yourself in that light when you meditate is one of the steps to dealing with change, I think. Um, the second step for me, after doing all of that and sort of knowing that I had the ability to deal with spontaneous events and just various unexpected things that might arise from those events is actually going through some sort of massive change one time with that consciousness, understanding just how easy it is to to make a transition when you 
have developed that respect for your ability to deal with change on the fly and applying that. And the only way to do that is to dive in, which is why a lot of times people who have severe fears and severe phobias, a psychiatrist or a psychologist or some sort of therapist will introduce them in a controlled environment to what they fear or in a virtual reality environment or something in order to help them confront it directly and recognize that what they're creating in their head is both irrational and uh, a like it's a rational response to an irrational feeling. And so it feels like it makes sense for us to be scared of the future, to be scared of what will happen if we're not prepared or what will happen if we make a mistake. Uh, but in actuality, and we often experience this, when we make a mistake, it's never that big of a deal. The worst case scenario for things changing is that they go terribly wrong, in which case, you know, we're usually able to do damage control and learn something. Uh, there's sort of just this trust that we have to develop for a trust in ourselves that we can deal with events as they come instead of having to plot everything out. The impulse, I think, to plan everything ahead meticulously, to be scared of every possible thing that could go wrong, to think of everything that could go wrong, and to keep life stifled and controlled enough that you don't have to worry about potential significant chaotic changes or calamities is a life-denying impulse that I think comes from a fear of death. This is just my own thinking. And I think, and as I've discussed in other um, podcasts and essays, the fear of death ends up turning into a fear of life because if we can't confront the fundamental truths of what it means to be alive and to exist and to live in the world, to do what we're doing, to understand the way nature works, the way concepts work, the way philosophy works, the way work works, you know, the less that we're willing to understand the truths of those things, the more often we grab onto comfortable untruths. And I think we can see routines and we can see a denial of changes and of transitions as one of those comfortable untruths where there's there's no objective fact that the routines that we fill our days with and the habits that we fill our time with are valuable to us or more valuable than another option a lot of the time. Sometimes there are and we keep those. Um, but when we don't question that, we fall into delusional thinking and we fall into this constant state of fear about what's going to happen next and how we're going to deal with it and blah, 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 blah. And we don't develop that trust for ourselves that allows us to actually flourish and deal with as many changes as we want to and allow life to unfold on its own volition without having to plan everything ahead and lock ourselves in a some sort of bubble to prevent bad things from happening. Um, the fundamental point that I'm trying to make, I guess, also, and it's always the point that comes back to everything with this, there's a lot of repetition that occurs because it's really pretty simple, I think, is that it's about it's about you. The fear of change, the inability to deal with things spontaneously, all of that starts inside of us. Uh, so to blame other people for throwing us into changes, to for you know dragging us along to doing this or that, or thinking that other people have control over us is 
sort of denying the fact that we are so obsessive and compulsive and controlling over our own actions and our own planned events that we can't take responsibility. And in not being able to take responsibility, we can't see that maybe what we're doing is silly and we should develop more of a trust for ourselves and a trust in the way things work so that we can embrace change and allow ourselves to grow and experience new things and maybe make some big mistakes or understand that things we believed previously were delusional, you know, whatever it means, we're sort of accepting it. Um, and that again ties us back into how this relates to spiritual practice because in the process of self-reflection, it's, it's an act of self-acceptance. You know, you're not actively trying to change anything about yourself. You're not actively trying to become better at anything. You're sitting, you're letting everything come, you're accepting it, and you're letting it go. And you're accepting that there's some things that you can't change. There's things you can't plan. There's things you can't do. Um, there's things you can do that you have no idea you're capable of. And the only way to understand what you are capable of is to not shelter yourself from reality, to not shelter yourself from the spontaneous events that life throws at you, which it inevitably will, and to respect that process and not to hide from it. Because doing so is a denial of life. When Even if we're denying suffering uh, or trying to deny suffering by avoiding certain things or events, we're preventing ourselves from learning, from growing, from acquiring wisdom and virtue and all that stuff. That doesn't mean we should throw ourselves into events and situations that are harmful to us uh, or suffer just for suffering's sake, but the inevitable difficulty, the inevitable hang-ups that come from um, change and from anything else are worth it precisely because we can't control them and they're always there to teach us something every single time. Uh, you know, Nietzsche said uh, very famously that which doesn't kill me makes me stronger. And that's a massive cliche at this point, but it's true. And people will say it without necessarily putting it into practice. Um, we can push ourselves a lot further than we think. Uh, and every time we do afterwards, we can push ourselves further. doesn't mean we should constantly be living on the edge of, you know, insanity or total chaos, but it means that we can allow a lot more spontaneity and a lot more uh, risk and a lot more interesting stuff into our lives than we think we can. And the more we get cemented in life-denying habits and denials of change, saying no to various opportunities, uh, finding rationalizations for not doing things that we feel we should do or that we're thinking of doing, all that stuff um, can be overcome by developing that sense of self-reflection, that sense of self-respect, that sense of acceptance for everything that comes through your head and leaves it, all that stuff. Um, and so that's the sort of mindset that I think helps dealing with massive changes just because there's, there's no other way to deal with them. There's no way to plan ahead. There's no way to understand exactly what's going to happen, how it's going to go down, how you're going to feel in response to it once it's actually happening. And all the work that we do meticulously planning every tiny detail about how we're going to do things is often in vain and sort of just serves to 
placate our own obsessive impulses. Um, and while a certain degree of planning ahead, goal setting, uh, you know, initiative taking is good, you want to find that, that balance, that middle area, the gray area in between planning and spontaneity that allows you to sort of be as flexible as you can. Um, so as usual, I won't drag this on. Um, I'm going to start trying to keep these two just like one very tight topic. So this episode is the change episode. There won't be another change episode. There might be others that relate to this, but you know, that's just, that's going to be, I'm hoping the way it is from now on. And then hopefully people can suggest one or two word topic suggestions so that I can kind of build up a catalog of these discussions. And then hopefully as this podcast becomes more popular, I know still a lot of people, even though I have a lot of followers on Twitter, people, um, a lot of people still comment not knowing it exists because I don't advertise it a ton. Um, but please participate in the discussion, respond with any criticism, suggestions, ideas, responses, thoughts, anything. Uh, that's what the, the part of this that is really fun for me. So thanks. Uh, thanks for listening. And if you like it, don't forget to check out patreon.com slash daily Zen and potentially become a subscriber. Thanks for listening.